Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats. Is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got you. The man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code. That's believe B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, another week, another episode of chief concerns. How are you guys doing? I'm here with our host, Jason Dunn, former tight end and the man, the myth and the legend, Jason Dunn. Um, JD, how you doing, buddy? What's up, my brother? How's it going? How's it going? You doing all right? I'm doing, I'm doing good, man. Another day in the in the world, my man. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Can I ask you real quick? Um, have you been watching any of the NBA playoffs yet? I have uh, very little bits and pieces. I watch more of the uh, 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 highlights. Okay, I see them, you know, coming on on YouTube and whatnot. I just, man, I, I haven't really had. Uh, I won't say I had too much of time, but I, I've just been doing other stuff. To be honest with you. And, and look, my guy, my guy ain't in there. My guy is not in the playoffs. So, uh, but LeBron still, I mean, even though he hasn't been in playing since April, he still makes the first take and all those uh, hot take shows in the morning. Is that he's still a topic somehow? Uh, on, and really? actually, I saw a topic earlier that actually Bill Plasky on Around the Horn actually said that because um, they're starting to get Phil Jackson's input again. Uh, Genie Bus is going to Phil Jackson. Uh, he said yeah. that if I was them, I would trade uh, LeBron and keep Westbrook. That's the uh, that's what Phil Jackson's. Uh, telling them to do right now. So there could be some things uh, shaking up in LA. Uh, Phil Jackson need to head back up there to the mountain top <laughs> and uh, smoke on whatever he's smoking on and leave everything else alone. He's, he's you know, thanks Phil. Appreciate it. Go up there and, and enjoy your uh, retreat. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Chiefs. We ain't thinking about LeBron going nowhere. He's good where he's at. He's good where he's at. <laughs> but we, we, we looked and we seen the little, I got bits and pieces of like the rookies being out there this yeah. past this week, some some really good stuff. Some video I seen of guys looking good in uniform. Uh, Justin Ross talking about him. Uh, you know, talking about uh, Chanel, talking about uh, McDuffie. Talk, you know, all these guys. Uh, Kalafkis, man, looking good. They said it said he looked like he was just destroying guys out there. Which, yeah. uh, you know, you you expect this from a first round pick. Yeah. Uh, so, really solid having those guys out there. It's always uh, when you have these rookie camps coming in. Uh, like I said, everybody's kind of coming in, walking on their toes, chest sticking out, uh, measuring each other up, and everybody's trying to show what they can do. Yeah. And so this is like the first look of the guy that you drafted or brought in free agent or, you know, hey, look, you know, let's, let's see what you can do. 
give you a chance and opportunity, at least right now in this little bit, so you can take the next step. And so it was good to see, man. I, I know everybody was good to kind of get back into football, the swing of things, the smell in the air, right? Oh, the smell's here, baby. It's getting here till summer. Yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, a thing that stood out to me from the, the rookie minicamps is a quote of Andy Reid talking about um, Karloftis, where he's where he's actually talked about um, his motor. He's got yeah. he's a nonstop motor, and that's something that we talked about right after we lost to the Bengals in the championship game. Where you're like, we need that. We need a guy yes. who's got a nonstop motor. So like, there it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We absolutely need a guy like that, without a doubt. Uh, and the thing is, when you have guys that have that high motor, that no give. This guy's going to be a pest all the time. He's going to come to you all the time. He's just he's just relentless and just bringing it. Like I said, you got to bring your hard hat and your pail, lunch pail with you because you know it's going to be a long day with these guys. Yeah. And you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get. And I always hate going against a guy like that uh, just for the simple fact that every single play is going to be a tussle. Boom, 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 boom. Not the same other guys wasn't. But also, too, like you can see where maybe a pass rusher is run, uh, you, you know, he's not shedding or he's not running from backside down. You know, there's he, <laughs> that ain't in my pay. I don't get I don't get paid for that. Right. But, you know, Kolovkis, hey, man, he, he he only knows one speed. That's 100 miles an hour. Yeah. One speed. So uh, I know when all the guys get here, uh, you know, with uh, with the regular team, they're going to tell him, hey, man, you got to slow down. Yeah, okay. we, we, we need these guys. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Well, and the thing is about that, we'll, we'll get in more of that because it kind of that Carl Loftus story actually kind of ties into our, our last topic for tonight. You know, he's okay. a guy who was introduced to football late. Um, he came yeah. from Greece, from, from Athens, Greece. He came here, I think he was in eighth grade. So he's new to football still. So there's a lot. To, there's going to be, a, it's cool with him because we're seeing him right now. Obviously, this year he was a first round grade in, in the draft, but like he's still so new and raw to football that there's like this. He's got so much to grow, and, and it's it's actually going to be exciting to see a guy like that, a guy who's got a nonstop energy like that. So um, we'll get more into the international aspect of football later on in the show. But um, first topic tonight is a guy that we have talked about a lot this year. Uh, I feel like since the season ended, we've talked about him so much. It's James Bradbury. Um, uh, so reports that we were going to trade for him during the draft didn't end up happening. Uh, Giants have now cut him. Uh, so you think with the heavy emphasis that we had on the draft as far as drafting so much secondary guys, even trade for Lonnie Johnson, that we wouldn't have a need for a cornerback. But uh, Aaron um, Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network actually reported that we are interested um, in him. So that begs the question, Jason, uh, do you think James Bradbury is more of a luxury or a necessity at this point for our Kansas City Chiefs? Mm, is he a luxury or a necessity? Uh, man, a guy with his type of talent? Uh, I think he's a necessity everywhere he goes. I don't care what team he plays for. Uh, it's, it's hard to get a guy like that who's been playing at a high level anywhere else. It's hard to get a guy like that in the draft. But let's just be honest here. Okay, we're talking about a proven guy who's gone against NFL receiver, who's done a great, great job against him, that about all, you know, these guys, the top wide receivers are talking about how great he is. And so when you have that conversation, a guy like that is a necessity. I mean, if, if we're thinking about it, right, and I'm looking at the depth chart, the guys that we got here. So, uh, you know, we, we got Fenton, who just went through surgery, right? Uh, McDuffie, who's going to be, you know, uh, the, the, the number one. 
you know, we got, you know, Snead who's going to play the slot more so than anything else. Okay. Nickel guy. Uh, and then we just got Lonnie Johnson here. Well, the other guys that we got, you know, are still rookies, unproven guys. They're young guys. Okay. Bradbury is a young guy, but he's, he's, he's battle tested. He's battle tested. And so, uh, there's not going to be a lot of questions with with his game. There's as a matter of fact, there is no questions about his game. Uh, so I know they were saying his numbers were down last year, as far as like what you know what he did. Look, this guy right here is without a doubt one of the perennial uh, corners out there in, in the NFL playing right now. So you bring him in, uh, you know, then you got that solid solid guy who, who's without a doubt is a great man covers uh, corner. I mean, he does a great job at that physical uh, 6'1". You know, he's got some size to him and he's got some grit. I mean, they talk about it. So a guy like that is he's a necessity anywhere he goes. And so if we can cover this guy here, hey, man, shoot, why not? Kick the tires on it and see what we can do. And I know because, you know, there was a lot of talk and conversation about the draft and what we can get for him, what we was not going to be able to get for him, uh, that they were talking, thinking, talking, taking this thing seriously. Uh, so we don't know, like, as far as New York, you know, the talks, how everything just kind of went sour. Like, look, let's go and load this right now. And this uh, was, you know, cause for concern. But without a doubt, guy like that, hey, man, why not? Let's see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, he would instantly be our, our, our number one cornerback. Um, and also, and, and it gives us a, you know, not to say that's it's not it's not the worst to throw a guy into a starting role, right? Like McDuffie, McDuffie's getting a lot of playing time, but if, yeah. if we don't have Bradbury, McDuffie will get a lot more playing time. Whereas if you add Bradbury, you can have you can also it's also another guy who can sh- show the ropes to McDuffie. It also pays to have another vet telling him this is you know this is how you play ball at at, at, at the top tier, right? At being a number one corner in the league. And I will say people were down on Bradbury's stats last year, but. Giants weren't the best team in the league last year, and that team was – they had a lot of three and outs. That defense was on the field a lot. And being right. a quarterback, that's kind of tough to be on the field that much, you know, to guard a receiver all game long like that. Right, right. And, and to be honest with you, I'm thinking – I mean, Duffy's here to start. I don't think he's – you know, yeah, you teach him the ropes, get him ready. Right. But he's – look, we're throwing him in the fire right now. That's, that's the reason we drafted him. Yeah. Um, but a guy like that, Bradbury, who has already, the you know, the experience – what he's done. And like you said, he, he yeah, they, they were a very good team last year. And so a guy's going to get tried all the time. He's going, he's going to get tired of being out there. He's like, man, I'm but look, <laughs> they showing everybody. I, there's 20 people out here. I've got to cover, you know? So I, I'm sure he was having uh, nightmares <laughs> at night. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Can we do something on offense, please? Is Saquon, is he coming back? What's the Daniel Jones? What he's doing? Is he out of the coma yet? What's the deal? So, I, uh, uh, yeah, that would all change coming here yeah. without a doubt because you got an offense, a high caliber powered offense. And so, one of the top offenses, you don't have to worry about that. Now he can get his rest. Now he can just kind of sit back. He come in, man, re- reinvigorated. Like, yeah, now I get to play like I, I want to. I don't have to take, you know, 100 snaps <laughs> a game. So, uh, but hey, man. We know coming this division, it's going to be tough. And he'll be up for it. He'll be up for it. There's a lot of good receivers, man. He's seen a lot of good receivers out there in the, in the NFC East. So, I mean, you know, McLaurin and those guys from Dallas, you know, and Philly. So he, he, he's seen some guys, no doubt about it. Uh, but 
Hey, man, like I said, with the competition that we got going on, okay, on the other side, to me, I think this would be a nice strategic move, right? Why not? And Lonnie Johnson is a guy that we have here because we want him to play. He's that kind of tweener guy. Hey, hey, have everybody a fortified secondary. Why not? Why not? It's like how we talked about how going into the draft, we thought we were going to go a lot of edge rushers. Instead, we went the opposite. We went a lot of secondary guys. And then after the draft, we add Lonnie Johnson. And if you go get Bradbury, it's like, okay, that's fine. We didn't go get edge rushers. We didn't pay a mint to Chandler Jones like the Raiders did. We didn't uh, spend a lot of money on Randy Gregory like the Broncos did. We didn't trade for Cleo Mack like the Chargers did. But what we did do is we added a lot of good young talent in that secondary. And, yeah. okay, yeah, and we, we have Carl Loftus, you have Clark, and possibly Ingram. All right, not bad pass rush, but our secondary has gotten a lot better than it was last year. And then our yeah, pass rush is better than it was last year as far as the, who we have on the line, but our secondary mm-hmm. is significantly better. So if you're not going to do one, do the other at least. And, and, and even if we don't get Bradbury, I think our secondary is a lot better than it was last year, and it, and, and it looks like we spent more on upgrading that, that secondary because, you know, whatever, like – yeah, we may not get the rush as quick as your Bosa and Mac, but I mean, who are you going to throw to? Are you guys going to be open in the secondary? You know, like that—that's that, kind of, yeah. like, I guess, the game Beach is playing. No, I mean, and I'm talking about legitimate one of the top secondaries. If you bring a guy like that in, and yeah. so uh, that's why I was—that was was one of my concerns why we didn't address uh, the D line and pass rushers like we should have in the yeah. draft a little bit more, you know, cause everything we go, here comes another corner. Here comes another corner. Yeah. And we got another corner over here. So that's good. Hey, I, I, I don't mind that at all. I don't, um, pick up a guy here and there, you know, on pass rushing, yeah. hey, makes it even bolster that defense as much as possible. Right. We, we know we solid in that middle with these guys, uh, yeah. you know, with, with, with gay, uh, uh, Bolton, uh, Chanel and my man that we got from, uh, uh, Carolina. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we going to be solid right there. So, Hey man, look, defense wins championships. They win championships. And you had a tight, tough defense that is hard to score on. Who's going to hit you in your mouth. Woo. That's what you want to see, man. Put some fear in some, some receivers hearts, those yep. guys back there. So yeah, I like it. I like it. See what we can do, man. And then I saw that someone was saying that if um, we were to sign Bradbury, Bradbury, maybe what he signs, because, you know, the, the way we've been offering contracts, he has been pretty frugal so far this offseason. So <laughs> he, he might offer Bradbury a, a one-year, $5 million, something cheap that Bradbury can, A, show off his skill set on, on a good team, and then next year he can sign a deal like like, like Charverius Ward did this, this past year. Because, I mean, yeah. I mean, Spags, the system, if you are a decent quarterback, you'll, you'll show off and you'll play and you'll play your strength. So, you know, sign a one-year deal, compete for a championship, then go get paid next year. I mean, that's that could be what he's thinking. Look, it, it makes sense. And you got a guy like this, you know, if you will, like a hired gun coming in, like you said, could, could give all the, the young guys – on how to do it, how to be professional, how to 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 play defense in the, in the National Football League. Hey, then that's money well spent, right? Because a lot of it is kind of that mentoring. Since we, you know, nobody wanted to talk about it, and yeah, oh, you don't mentor, yeah, yes, you do. We bring a guy in here because that's what you're supposed to do. Yep. Okay, that's what teammates do. That's what real good teammates do, and real teams, good teams, do things like that. Yep. And so. Uh, that's what part of I'll bring a guy like that in. Yeah, if he comes and he flies and he does a great job, and which I, I'm sure he will. Mm. Yeah, hey, 
Another deal might pop up, or it will pop up. Yeah. See what you can then move from that point on. But yeah, man, look, you bring him in for what he can bring psychologically, you know, just, you know, the whole uh, game, the whole knowledge of the game, right? Why wouldn't you get a guy like that here? Why wouldn't you do it? So, yeah, if he could sign for a little deal, yep. see, Britt, Beach, work your magic. Work your magic, brother. Let's I mean, see. That, 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 that's the end of the day why he didn't trade for uh, Bradbury because he wanted to sign him at a, at, a, at a lower rate than what I think he was owed $10 million for the trade for him. So, yeah, it, I'm sure. That's definitely what's going on behind the scenes right now. A lot of hardball. Our next topic actually does involve Brett Veach. So our next topic. So a little story came out right after the draft. Brett Veach was talking to the media. said that uh, with the Kansas City hosting the draft next year, um, he had what he had pretty much one thing Clark Hunt told him going to the draft was, whatever you do, you're not trading your first round pick of 2023. I want to have that pick when we host the draft next year. I want fans to something to root for on day one. Um, so I guess that my question is, I've seen a lot of people talking about this on Twitter. Um, I guess it's, is Clark Hunt overstepping his boundaries here by telling Brett Veach, isn't Brett Veach's job to make the, put the best quality talent on, on the field day one. And is he overstepping his boundaries by telling him you cannot, you can do whatever you want, but you can't trade that pick because I want to have this pick next year. And let's say there was a legitimate deal on the table that could have made our team that much better by trading 2023 20, first round pick. But because Clark Hunt's telling him not to do it, we can't do that anymore. I mean, is he overstepping or, or not, JD? Stepping his bounds? The owner of the team? <laughs> mm, let me see. <laughs> no. Hey, <laughs> Brent Beach? Hey, let's, hey, yes, whatever you want. Well, let's make it so, okay? And I know he's like, look, you get on this, you make this thing happen. You know, he's, he's not like that. But I'm, I know he's thinking, listen, it, we can make things work. Look, Beach, you're doing a great job with the draft. You know, let's make sure that we cherish this pick. We're not going to give this one up because it, it, it means something. And Beach can be like, hey, you know, you give me the landscape what to work with and let me know what I'm working with and I'll go from there. And so we see, man, it was a very, uh, very uh, productive uh, draft for us. We, we got what we wanted to address the things that we needed. Uh, and I think, man, we, hey, we, we didn't le- really lose out. I mean, if we was going to get a guy that was going to be a game changer, whatever, like, you know, oh, world beater. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But I, that's not overstepping his, his boundaries at all. Right. I mean, Britt Beach works for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs is owned by the Hunt family. So that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> and they trust him. They trust Veach. They trust Veach. They trust Andy and all those guys. And those guys are, they, they do a really good job, I'm sure, of, of communicating with one another. But maybe it's like, hey, look, we're not going to do that. That's one thing we're not going to do. And I'm sure Veach is like, all right. I'm fine with that. When I first saw the story, I was, you know, I thought it was one of those things because, you know, Brett, you just talk to the media. It's fun. You know, can't see he's hosting the yeah, draft yeah. next year. Right. But it's right. like, for me, it's like when he, when someone's telling him that like Clark, obviously, you know, it's funny to say that, you know, do not trade that pick next year because I want to have a first round pick. And it was, and it, it was weird this year that the Raiders did trade their first round pick and they were hosting the draft. You had ice cube, you had Derek Carr, you had all Darren Waller up there all talking about the Raiders. And it's like, huh, when is their first pick? Like tomorrow right, you know, right. like, at the time. Um, so it is kind of weird to host a draft and not have any picks. Um, and, you know, obviously you want to have a pick there because you want your fans. They're all like supportive and like, you know, being 100%. there to celebrate whoever it is. I get that. But like, I thought that it was more of a kind of a funny thing to say because I 
I, I just guess that, you know, Clark Hunt has been around for long enough to say, oh, like, yeah. if there's a trade on the table that's going to make us that much better team and you have to trade that pick, go for it. I don't think Hunt would actually meant that in a way, but I did get a DM from from one of our followers who is connected in the in the in the uh, the Chiefs organization who did say yeah. that was 100% true that Clark Hunt was 100% adamant about that. So um no, hey look. It, it and you have to worry about like the fans, right? Having to get hosted, you know, the draft, the ambiance whatnot. It you bring it to the city for everybody to enjoy. And so uh, just being a, a, a big football family with the history of what they have, uh, that means something. And so, I mean, look, he he knows exactly what he's talking about. Uh, and like I said, Brett would, would absolutely work around it. And so that just makes sense. Like you said, and, and it was kind of weird. It was kind of funny actually watching Ice Cube and them guys. Ice Cube and his sunglasses sitting back. Well, you know, we I'm like, shoot, we y'all going to show up with day two? We, you know, you don't need to be here today. So, yeah, man, but it no, it, it it I don't think he's understood his boundaries for the simple fact they're not like it's not like Jerry Jones and Al Davis and all it, it, they're not like that as far as like with owners, you know what I mean? Like you know, you have some owners who are very oh my gosh, uh overbearing, right? They just they you know always trying to micromanage everything and they everything's gotta go through them and they're they're not like that at all. And so uh, if this was one thing, one request, and him saying like, "Look, no, we're not going to do that," Brent, Brett was sure was like, "Yeah, we, you know, what we all for it? I ain't got no problem with that at all, right?" And I'm sure he's laughing like, "Hey, hey, whatever you want, you pay my check. I ain't got no, I ain't got no problem with that. Whatever you want, sir. Yes, Mister Hunt, absolutely." <laughs> it was just true too because it's like you know having an overbearing boss is like the one request he he's asking of me is to not trade okay sure because like right. You, you're right you look, you look at the cowboys jerry jones is the gm really al yeah, davis yeah. was the gm really so mm-hmm. i mean it's like yeah i mean if that, and that's all your owner's asking you to do it's like okay well yeah fine fine i won't trade it <laughs> right yeah I'd say you know it's 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 a pretty little request to it. You know, it's like okay, don't trade next year's first. You got it. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying fine. I'm saying yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got you. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything else? What else could I do for you? Okay. No problem. And, and quite frankly, based on the draft that we had, it was good that we did we we didn't we didn't need to trade next year next year's oh, first. Man. Listen, man, we we look, we got a good team, you know, already. And if it was somebody like I said, it was just somebody that you just couldn't pass up. I didn't really see a guy. I mean, I didn't. The guy we got rid of was that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got rid of him. So, other than that, yeah. cool. Yeah. No. And I, I was. I think you and I are on the, on the same mindset on that. It's like we just trade a top dog receiver. There's no reason to tr- trade up for a guy who we don't know is going to pan out even close to what we just traded. So keep right. the keep the assets. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So our final topic tonight, we kind of referenced in the beginning. Um, so one of our undrafted players, now everyone's talking about Justin Ross and Jerry on Ely as the two undrafted guys we got. There's the one, one guy that's, you know, it's not being talked about enough. Um, he's in a NFL international player pathways, Kehendi Ogini Hassan. I, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but that's, that's what I got. Um, it was originally signed from Nigeria to play tight end. But uh, the Chiefs are planning on using him as a defensive end. Um, the guy started playing football in 2014. Stands six foot seven, 225 pounds. So he's a little, little light. Um, 
His former was mentor was former pass rusher OCU Minoru, who played for the Giants, was a badass pass rusher under uh, Steve Spagnuolo, our defensive coordinator. Um, so it's an interesting a guy, you know. We, we talk, always talk about edge rushers. We talked yeah. about on the show during our mock draft episode about you know getting you know getting like those long basketball player looking type guys and six seven mm-hmm. two twenty five. This guy does fit the bill of that longer kind of pass rush type of guy. Um, yeah. Obviously, a lot of work to do. You know, new to football. Uh, but Carl Loftus is new to football as well, coming from Athens. Um, so my question is, what do you make of this developmental signing? But I guess overall, what do you make of the football kind of spreading all over the, the world now? Getting, getting guys from Nigeria, uh, the Eagles left tackle, um, Australia played rugby, you know, Carl Loftus, Greece. I mean, there's so many guys. We're trying to get more of these guys now, like in the NBA with the top four guys, with NB, Jokic, and Doncic, um, and Giannis. Is international players taking over like these American sports? What do you think uh, about that, um, JD? Uh, I'm all for it, man. It's encouraging to me. I mean, because now we're sitting there, we're trying to make this a more international game uh, with football. I have a friend that I actually coached with uh, down at Kentucky State, who's down, who, who was in China right now, and he was sending some things like, "Look, man, they want some guys to come over to coach some of these guys for some of these teams," and. He said, they're starting to have a lot more of the fans and whatnot kind of working over here. And he said, man, they, they, they're really, really kind of thirsty for this. And if you get a guy like this develop, I think, man, he'll be a great football player, uh, especially with this such a raw talent. And you said, I know you said Ossie was working with him. Well, if you have a place that you could pull up, you know, another guy from, you know, another talent pool, okay, uh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go and, you know, fish at that pond and say, look, man, we may find something over here. And I actually, I seen, uh, when I first, I first heard it, we signed him, I actually watched um, um, a story they had of him, like a like 10 minute story of him, uh, which was really, uh, I really, really liked. It was kind of in depth talking about the international uh, football league and those guys, uh, like the learning curve. It was so much shorter, like they was getting everything faster. Like it was, they was picking it up. But I think a lot of it has to deal with, you know, people's mindset, their hunger. And so uh, a guy like this who comes in and was going to play tight end, was a wide receiver, put him at defensive end. Now you have to worry about plays. You just have to go. And if I have an athlete like that, then, hey, we can develop this guy. We got time to develop a guy like that. We can put him on practice squad or whatever and just let him develop. And look, man, he's 6'6". He's got that frame, 6'7". I'm sorry, 6'7". So he's got that long frame, the arms and whatnot. I mean, do not pass his down. Uh, man, I know he's he could spin moves and whatnot. I know he's going to he's gonna be able to do all of that. He, he'll give tackles fits. You know, I mean, he really will, just with his length alone. Uh, so I know he's probably got some quickness, some speed. Uh, the more technical parts of, of that, the game and that position, uh, he'll learn over time. And as long as he's watching the guys in front of him, but he has some really good ones uh, right now that he can learn from, I think he's going to be he's going to be all right. We're going to see if he can he can really develop into something that we can utilize. Uh, but as far as like man, those opportunities coming from other countries, man, I, I tell you what, uh, that's promising. It, it really is. I, I like that. I, I love hearing it um, because I think the game of football. Uh, We've enjoyed it so much here over in the States. 
that we just want other people to realize what it is that they are missing. You know, so of course, when we're sitting there saying football, they're like, oh, okay, soccer. No, like football, American football. Like y'all, if y'all like soccer, y'all will love American football, you know? So uh, I think, you know, reaching out uh, and going to different countries and whatnot. And like I said, finding, finding guys and, and different talent and whatnot is, is something that to me is very encouraging and I'm, I'm all for it. It's positive. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, and the thing that strikes me is that you mentioned like, you know, like being able to watch guys and kind of pick up things and, and, you know, with, with being a pass rusher, it's kind of one track thing. You, you know what to do, right? It's not like you have to learn these plays, no terminology. Right. I'm sure there's a little terminology on defense, but um, it's like when I heard the story of Joel Embiid, you know, I'm a Sixers fan. Anybody who watched the show knows I'm a Sixers fan. And um, his story was so cool because he was, he was so new to basketball um, uh, during NBA, did one of these things where they went to, to Africa, they went to Cameroon, and Luke Mbamute, who's also Cameroonian, went there, saw Joel Embiid playing basketball. I was like, oh, this kid's he's got an interesting build. Um, shows him a tape of Hakeem Olajuwon. Embiid watched that. He said he watched it religiously, watched it all yeah. the time, tried to, you know, take every kind of body movement that Hakeem the Dream did in his dream shake and did it. And he, ma- he mastered it. Yeah. Um, something that's not really an easy thing to do because you don't really see many guys, big men be able to do the, the kind of moves that Hakeem did um, and seeing what MB do it now. But like, you know, a guy like this, who you know, sees OCU Minora teaching him stuff, like he could, he could implement a lot of what OC was doing, you know, and being able to kind of mimic what these guys like OC Minora are doing, just kind of taking that, like being so new to the game, you don't have, you don't really develop these bad habits, right? You didn't watch, you didn't watch things, try to do stuff that, you know, but they don't really know football. Like they don't really watch it. So like, he's so new to it that like anything's being taught, he can just kind of like, you know, ingrain that and try to implement that into his play. So, I mean, mm-hmm. what, what do you think about that, that aspect of it? Not getting any kind of bad, like bad habits from not watching football before. Now this uh, uh, guys know what they know. And so, like I said before, when you have a clean slate with a guy, you could teach him a whole lot. And so, Guys like that are, are hungry for knowledge and, and they're hungry for instruction. Uh, and when you you showing guys like like you saying Embiid, learn from Olajuwon. I don't know, quite know Embiid's quite there with Olajuwon yet. You know, a dream shake. I know you like Embiid, but that dream shake from Olajuwon, woo! But <laughs> Embiid's a good player, man. It's soccer feet. And so part of that culture, what they've done is incorporate soccer and that athleticism, the feet, the quickness, into basketball, football. And I think if, if you do that, uh, you know, the value that you will be able to get out of these guys, man, is going to be, in, in, you know, in, in, incredible. And so I think guys like that, like you said, who has a clean slate, without a doubt, is going to be able to do a lot more. They'll develop a lot faster. And I think Ossie said that, like, these guys are developing a lot faster than what you say or what you think. Uh, it's, so, it's almost like you see now uh, – some of the players that's in the NFL that may have a, a, a African background, you know, from Nigeria, like you said, Galactus and stuff like that. So when they start learning a little bit later, you know, develop all the bad habits and, and whatnot that some of these guys develop over here. And then also to maybe part of the attitude, if you will, uh, you know, cause we look, listen, we are spoiled over here in the United States. No doubt about it. We, we have everything, all the resources uh, to be successful in a lot of different ways. Uh, and so where these guys may not have that, uh, they might be more apt to like, hey, let me take it for everything that it's worth. Every chance, every opportunity, let me take it for what it's worth. Uh, I remember a guy saying this. Uh, I went to go to an EKU game. 
and his son was uh, tackled. And he, you know, he's from Africa. And so when I was talking to his dad, his dad was like, Jason, he said, man, these kids out of here, he said, they don't know how to, they, their back doesn't reach their stomach. Their back doesn't reach their stomach. So I'm sitting there thinking like, their back doesn't reach their stomach. Yeah, they're not hungry enough. I'm like, oh, okay. Woo, that's good. I like that. I like that. Back not reaching their stomach, meaning they haven't been hungry. So sometimes that hunger motivates and drives you, you know, to do more, to be great, to be successful. You know, almost like that relentless spirit, not to give up. So, uh, you know, sometimes, man, what are you going to tell a man who's never had hunger how to do certain things? You know, he's already going to be like, oh, man, I'm good. I, shoot. A man that's been hungry, maybe not have no shoes on his feet, has a different mindset about things. And they, so when they come, they have a whole different motive, different perspective on things. And so, yeah, sometimes, man, that stomach needs to hit the back. We need to remind ourselves of that every single day to keep going and try keep striving to be better and successful. But yeah, I never forgot that, man. He said, I'm like, man, Joker said a word right there. He said a word. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I think you give them the right information. Uh, give them, you know, that the nurturing, they're going to be successful. So let's see, man. Let's see what the young fella can do. Yeah, no, it's actually really good advice. That I, yeah, when you said that, I was like, huh? And then, then I, you explained it. <laughs> yeah. Um, at six seven two twenty five, I know that the height is there. Ideally, where do you want him to be uh, weight wise? If he's just being a pass rusher, uh, man, he could be 250, 245. We've seen these guys. When I was looking at some of the guys that came out as pass rushers uh, in 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 the draft, there were some guys at 230, 235. I'm like, wow, well, okay. But they're gonna they're pass rushing specialists. And so if he shares, learn how to use his, his arm length, because that's another thing. Arm length just getting guys off of you to get, you know, keep the blockers off of you. He's going to be all right. But they'll teach him how to, you know, like I said, use hands. I tell him right now, hey, if I was him, and I'm sure the, uh, the Chiefs probably have somebody like this on their uh, staff, but somebody who's good in jujitsu or, you know, keto, something like that, you know, just working your hands and, you know, constantly doing that. So you go see Tomba. Go, go bring Tom up. Hey, Tom, work with this young fella. See what yeah. you could do. So I'm sure Tom, you know, probably pressing him up a few times. You know, so, yeah, yeah man, I, I, that's what I would do. i get a guy in that, that does nothing but hand combat. Yeah. Teach this young guy and see what you can get out of him. They ought to have a guy in there right now like that anyway, which I'm probably, I'm sure they do. So. Thomas still, I believe, still is in the Kansas City area, so he could definitely, uh, definitely, uh, the short little uh, car ride away. Yes, sir. Um, uh, play his music. Put that good music on. Yeah. You know, let Tom go to work, baby. Let good him vibes. go to work. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, and I will say the the, the enticing thing for this is obviously I, I love that you know NFLs you know going to other countries you know getting talent all over the world. But I think the enticing thing is here the fact that OCU Manure was his mentor and he's obviously lent a hand, uh, told said something to Spags that there's there might be something here that we, with with this kid. So it's like yeah. you know Spags taking a chance on a guy who's mentored by one of his probably probably the most one of the most um, successful pass rushers in the Spags system. And he's you know, picking up this guy who's mentored by him. So there, there might be something here. So maybe. Man, look, 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 let's see what he can get. Let's see what he got. Why not? Why not? I'm one of those, hey, man, why not? Let's see what he can do. Okay. And if he's, if he's not that far along, then so, so be it. Maybe just keep your, keep your finger and that pulse on him 
Mm-hmm. Hey, look, man, we, we ain't got you right now, but start developing your game. We want you to be a defensive end. Bring another run at it. Next time we have a chance opportunity, we'll check in with you, see where you are. But why not? Why not? Why yeah. not? Why not? All right, JD. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week. And yeah, nah, hopefully there's more to come. Hopefully this James Bradbury news breaks by the time we uh, come on next week. Ho- hopefully, I've been waiting for this James Bradbury news for for months. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm actually my, I'm, I'm heading out there to Kansas City, uh, maybe for a couple of days. So I'm gonna go poke my head in a couple of places, maybe catch up with a couple of people out here in, in Kansas City and in. in Twitter world, YouTube world, wherever you're catching us at, you know, so uh, I might be knocking on some doors, man, but hopefully go see some of those things out there with, with Kansas City, like I said, and see what's going on. Get some of that good smell of the, the barbecue and all those things from out that way, so yeah. At it, baby. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, got, you guys hear that? JD will be in Kansas City, so uh, tweet at him. That's at J-A-S-U-S-T-D-89 on Twitter. So definitely tweet at him, and uh, maybe you can track down J.D. while he's in Kansas City for the next few days. Absolutely, man. Love love to catch up with some people. Love to. So, hey, put something together. Let's go have some dinner or some lunch or something, man. Talk some shopping, some football. You know, I love to see faces, man. I love people. So, hey, fans and stuff like that, hey, track me down. We had to do something. See what's going on. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.